This holiday, give in to the spirit of the season with a taste of true Christmas magic. Take your taste buds on a journey, starting with a sprinkle of pine needles on a fresh powdery whipped cream wonderland. Then a dash of steamy pine sap and tree bark. As you near the end, enjoy the delicious flavor of organic forest soil as you sip off the last bits of coffee grounds. For a limited time, come try our new Christmas tree latte, only at Starbucks. anymore so how's that take it as a great assault because this is gonna blow your freaking mind shout 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 to the lord jesus who said i'm depressed fuck you ago i was a little surprised to get an email from you saying that you were no longer a christian um and you know we grew up in the church we we met through church and uh i was kind of surprised to hear that scandal Uh, of the year what do you feel like (laughs) it really was it was on all the papers and all the magazines i mean (laughs) what do you feel like could contributed to that i mean was it like one specific thing or was it like over time you and then you finally made this decision yeah so uh i pretty much when i came to that conclusion i pretty much just uh woke up one day and decided you know what i want to have some fun and start partying so i said i'm not a christian so i could do it <laughs> that does not sound like andy to me no, um, the, the guy who loves to stay at home and read Harry Potter. Yeah, which you need to get burritos. on, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I promise. Okay, all right. You watched "I Love You, Man," and so I'm going to read Harry Potter. That's right. I sat through that 90 minute movie. You have to sit through these. I think they're like <laughs> 7,000 pages altogether. So brace yourself. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. So um, it was basically a decision made over time much like much like uh, a lot of big decisions um so there was a lot of decisions that went into this and it was basically i started looking at the bible for um for myself as though you know i had never looked at the bible before and just start asking myself the really hard questions instead of just like asking like a pastor and then being like oh okay cuz you know i just I don't like to dig really with other people. I just want them to answer me and then I can walk away with a right or wrong answer. So (laughs) (laughs) it's like, I'll go to the DMV and like get an answer that I know is totally wrong, but 
then at least I could tell my wife, yeah, I went to the DNV and I asked. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the same way. It's so bad. It's terrible. Well, I asked him and that's what they said. <laughs> exactly. And then she goes, well, did you ask about that or this or why? No. I, they just, they <laughs> just said that. And then they called the next person. <laughs> I'm just now starting to get to the point where like, I actually value advocating for myself like i never used to do that like if you get something at, at the restaurant and they bring you out a wrong order or something i'd always just be like oh oh well i guess oh, i'll yeah. eat the tofu yeah but i'm just now getting to the point where i'm like you know what no i paid 15 dollars for that i'm gonna argue for the right meal good for you yeah i, I, I will let about that i will let you know when i catch up to that because i i'm like <laughs> Oh, you're the best server ever. You're awesome. You know, I'm totally that guy. Uh, so, like, waiters love me. They could be, like, the biggest jackass to me, but I'll still give them a big tip because I want to be that good guy. <laughs> I don't know. It's stupid. But so basically what you're saying with Christianity is you want to be spoon-fed and you don't want to have to actually look for the, the answers yourself. Yeah. So when I started doing that, <laughs> you know, I <laughs> – so when I started spoon-feeding myself – um, I, I really, you know, there was just a lot of inconsistencies that I wasn't happy with. And one of the big ones for me was the fact that, um, you know, you've got, there's like this magical age that nobody knows the actual answer to where you are, and I call it qualified for hell. And so I started to question that in the sense that you've got all these, you know, 60 million kids are aborted. You've got, you know, millions more that die in the streets or, you know, whatever. And it's like, so we don't have any actual confirmation that they're in heaven. There's a good 50% chance that they're actually burning up in hell right now. And so, you know, you can look at this one of two ways. If they do go to heaven, that's great. But we're stuck with these parents of the ones who have lost these children, not certain, not 100% certain that their kids are in heaven. And so God's kind of up there in my mind, just kind of laughing at them, just like, (laughs) I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you, I'll give you a feeling every now and then, but then that's it. You know, why not just put it in the book? You know, that, that's, that's a pretty straightforward answer for a lot of people that would need that. But then on the other hand, you know, uh, you know, even, even if they do go to heaven, then doesn't it seem more cruel that you've got all these billions of people living past that magical age of seven or 11, whichever one it is. And then suddenly they're qualified to go to hell because they lived a certain amount of time. And so to me, that seems pretty, pretty mean because if the case is where, you know, because I had open heart surgery, and so you know, they they say I was pretty close to dying. Like, damn, I missed my ticket to heaven, like the easy way, <laughs> you know. And, but here I am. I, I you su- didn't have enough time to grow up and become a heathen, right? Exactly. So here I am. I've you know expired my ticket, and I've you know uh, thirty four, and uh, so now I get to go to hell. Awesome. So <laughs> you know, and that's just kind of my thought process. Is that's just a pretty cruel trick to play it's like well i'm gonna give you a little bit longer life than all these kids but you know your your likelihood of going to hell is about 98 percent. 
Because, you know, the gates to hell, the road to hell is wide and the road to heaven is very narrow. But don't you see how when you were a baby, you didn't have that freedom to make that choice? You didn't even know, you know, what your asshole was. <laughs> but now, now that you're 34, you did, you, you did make that choice. Right. Because you intellectually decided that that's what you wanted to do. Right, but let's be honest. Who really likes making decisions? <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I were just fighting about that today. You know, and so growing up, it's like I just, I wanted to believe in him. I tried very hard to believe in him. And I feel like I worked pretty hard at that. But there was always something inside of me that just didn't feel like I was 100% there on board. Um, you know, I don't know when, like, I don't know when that clicked in or when I started noticing that, but it was like, you know, I just got really tired of walking around, you know, doing the church stuff, singing the songs, definitely got tired of singing the songs, whether or not I became, I stayed a Christian or not. But, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say Christian music sucks. Oh my gosh. It's the that same five my biggest complaint. Yeah, it's the same five songs over and over again. And within those five songs, you're singing the same ten verses over and over again. <laughs> like, they, oh, cannot, do not miss that. Like, you you turn Christian music on the radio, and it's the most, it's like the opposite of what Christian music's supposed to do. It actually is, like, soul-numbing. Oh, my it gosh. It takes away part of your soul to listen to that music. It really does. It's terrible. Sad. Yeah. It really is. And that is sad. You know, one of the things, you know, this is more of a complaint against the church rather than a complaint toward God. But it's like, you know, these worship leaders get paid how much to literally their entire job is to practice two or three times a week the same exact songs they sing every single week. I mean, they rotate through, pro <laughs> you know, the churches I've been to, they rotate probably through about 14 songs total throughout the entire year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and I'm busting my balls trying to keep the job I have that I hate and working hard at and <laughs> making making a quarter of their salary, if I'm lucky. <laughs> that's, about that, that's kind of a different topic. That's just something against the church. I don't think, I'm not going to blame yeah. God for that. But uh, We got a whole list of that. <laughs> Seriously, I, I think there are a lot of things the uh, church does right. But sadly, there are probably more things it does wrong. And I'm I'm a Christian. I'm not afraid to say that. <laughs> right. You know, it's it's frustrating. It's it really is. But uh, and I've I've been through. You know, so we grew up, you know, in this very conservative Christian church, right? Oh yeah. It's, it was almost like, would you say it was legalistic? Um. I would say it was outwardly legalistic, but I think there was a lot going on behind closed doors than we would ever know. Hmm. That's interesting. So they preached legalism. Right. And so when I went, uh, moved up to Portland, we started going to this church that was totally different in that it valued people over programs. And actually having relationships with the people that you went to church to instead of trying to put on this face and, 
you know, act all holier than thou. Right. But the problem is, is that it's like, you, it's almost like you can't have both in the church. You either have to have theology or you have to have relationship. It's so hard to have both because that's, that's what they were missing at the end of the day. They were missing the theology because hmm. they valued relationship so much that they would never talk about anything of importance. Like they would never say anything about uh, homosexuality because they didn't want to step on anybody's toes. Oh, interesting. So they would just skip skip that part of the Bible. Right. So, you know, we moved from one end of the spectrum to the other. And now we're back at this church that is kind of leans more towards uh, traditional theology. But it's it's cool because it's like it doesn't have the same legalistic, legalistic nature that I feel like Grace Baptist had. And it's, you know, we just come and go and, you know. That's it. There's no, hey, I noticed you weren't at church on Sunday. <laughs> what were you doing? Huh? Uh, so. Yeah. The, the, the almighty scorecard. So how, I mean, this is, had to have been hard for, uh, for your wife, right? Oh, yeah. But she saw it coming. Uh, especially since she spent probably a year nudging me awake at church. So she saw that I had definitely lost interest, um, you know, but she also saw how hard I tried too. like, I read a lot of theological books. I read the Bible, you know, um, and so she's, she's seen both ends of the spectrum, but, you know, and I actually like told her through like a fight. You know, we were having a pretty bad fight and I was like, well, I'm not even a Christian anymore. So how's that? You know, kind of a thing. So, (laughs) and then I was expecting like this, like giant breakdown just to get her to stop yelling. But then it turned out she was like, I know (laughs) I was like, damn it, that backfired. (laughs) You're not fooling anybody. Exactly. So, um, (laughs) so, you know, it's, it definitely is hard on her in the sense that we've got kids and I know she's questioning, you know, how we're going to raise them going forward. Uh, you know, because I want, you know, just recently, you know, I want to take them trick or treating, but she does not hold to the values of hollow hollows Eve. Um, you know, but I'm like, (laughs) you know, but I'm like, you know, I want to drive them down the streets where they got, you know, statues of like zombies and guts pouring out of the brains and whatnot. And it's like, she, uh, you know, she sees that as, you know, very satanic, you know, she's not, she's not a loopy, like she's not loopy. She's not one of those Christians where like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm painting her in that picture and she's not like that. That's, that just happens to be her one like weak spot. Um, but I think honestly, like, to go deeper that stuff just scares her and she doesn't want to scare the kids but um you know she you know i know that makes her nervous going forward you know how are we going to raise them well you know i'm definitely not going to tell them not to believe in god you know i'm gonna encourage them to read the bible but i'm not going to make them do it um you know um i think i don't know i always felt required to go to church and so that has always made me question my salvation from day one. Um, you know, so I don't want my kids to have that same obligatory feeling. I know a lot of fathers 
Well, I know a handful of fathers who are not Christians, but their kids are devout. Mm-hmm. And it works. It just works. There's a, it's a matter of respecting each other's beliefs. And if you want to get to it, respecting each other's souls, you know, um, yeah. I don't, I'm not going to make my kids memorize Bible verses unless that's something they really want to do. Because I don't think that's something that needs to be forced on anybody. And I don't think it's wrong when people do it. But I think there's there's a grain of salt to be taken with that. Because, you know, are they going to turn into the kid like me where it's like, so do I really like doing Bible verses or do I really like getting the sticker at the end? Do you remember, by the way, when you thought it was called a great assault? Oh my gosh, I still have to. <laughs> I still have to ask myself. Uh, Take that with a great assault. A great assault, which, which, if you think about it, actually makes more sense than a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. Take it as a great assault, because this is gonna blow your freaking mind. <laughs> Get ready. This is going to assault your brain. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I, I kind of like the way that, that we're raising our kids. Like, we go to church, and they go to Sunday school and all that stuff. But, like, I don't read them the Bible all the time. Like, I pray with them quite a bit. But for me, it's much more important that they see God lived out through me, through my actions, then forcing them, like you said, to spend hours in front of the Bible, you know, that, that drives people away, I think. Right. And, you know, sometimes, some weekends, if we're tired, we don't go to church. Yeah. And it's not a big deal. We don't make a big deal about it, you know? It's, it's like, I don't know. So I, I kind of, I, I like the way, the balance that we have um, compared to, like, like you said, how we grew up, <laughs> where it was very like, oh no, you skipped a Sunday. That's that's not gonna be good when you get to the pearly gates. <laughs> yep, that's right. Oh, I remember that feeling of like, like I just felt like I was being watched. Like you are not, you weren't there last week, and whew, that's pretty bad. What are we gonna do with you? Well, to- Toward the end of high school, it got really bad. Like, we could not stand church. And so we would literally drive to church and just meet up with each other in the parking lot and then drive away and go get fast food. That Those were like, <laughs> like if anything, those were the most spiritual nights of my life. <laughs> Seriously. Those were great times. And then, and yeah, then we'd, I agree. we'd pull back into the parking lot just before they get out. Because they were, they ran like clockwork, <laughs> and like we never once so, pulled in when they had already gotten out because it was just so perfect timing. Who were we like trying to fool? I mean, was it our parents? The reason that we did that because we didn't want them to know. Um, I don't remember why we why we did that. Why we tried to pretend like we were still going to church. Sean Haggart, because if he found out, he would have told everybody. <laughs> That's that's a great point. Or like one of the Luthers. <laughs> oh man, the Luthers. <laughs> oh, not 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 Doctor Martin Luther. <laughs> but you know what's interesting 
is that I'm sure you've noticed, but quite a few of our friends that we grew up with um, have kind of followed your path and uh, walked away from the the church, the faith. Have you noticed that, like on Facebook? I have quite a bit. It's quite a bit. It makes me sad because I'm like you know, and a lot of them are like really, really bitter with the church. I I don't think you're necessarily bitter, right? Would you call yourself? No, I'm not any more bitter than I was before. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, but I don't know. Like any beef I have isn't at the church because I understand there's a difference between here's what God does and here's what the church does. Like I understand all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when they, when they describe our church that we grew up in as like a abusive place, I mean, okay, I shouldn't say that there were. I'm sure there are things that happened that we don't know about because that stuff happens everywhere, sadly. But when they categorize the whole church as like an abusive church, spiritually abusive, uh, that bothers me. Cause I, I, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I feel like there were, were and are some really good people still there. And, uh, Oh yeah. To categorize it like that is just sad. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's just being overly dramatic and just really wanting to be put in the spotlight. Hmm. Be like, hey, look at me. I'm not a Christian anymore. So here's why. Everybody abused me and I was spiritually assaulted. (laughs) And, you know, so this is it. It's like the, it's, it's like the heathens for coming out. It's like the heathen version of coming out of the closet. (laughs) So true. It's like a cool, trendy thing. Yeah, pretty much. This was this is a question for you cuz there are like there are churches that believe that like nobody goes to hell. Right. Like Rob Bell, you know he's got this book about how nobody goes to hell and that this earth is just like a training ground for all of us getting to be in heaven together. And so like what what right. has stopped you from just following a theology like that? Like what, what is, what made you decide I don't want to be a part of any of this? Um, really it's because the whole idea of Christianity is to me, it's very, uh, it's more mythological Mythology, mythological. <laughs> there we go. It's more, uh, <laughs> it's more mythological to me now than anything, uh, because I just find a lot of it very hard to swallow. Um, you know, and even if it is true, I don't really like a lot of it. Hmm. Well, you know, one thing uh, I've always heard said was, if you can believe in the fact that there's a God who created the world. Like that's a huge thing to believe, right? Then the fact that he like sent his son to earth and rose from the dead, those are like pretty tiny in comparison. Well, I don't know. I kind of disagree with that. I think you've got to be the dumbest shitball on the planet to think that there's no higher being. Hmm. You know, I mean, just look at, I mean, just look at the intricacies of the world. 
you know, and how it was put together and how it functions and how it works, you know, that doesn't happen over time. Like if, you know, if the world has been here for 6 million plus years, you know, something had to start it, you know, and you know, the whole big bang thing, I cannot buy into that because what started the thing and then it goes further and further back. I just, I can't, I can't, you know, and I think anybody that does is just, uh, theologically and mentally lazy hmm. because it's an easy answer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, so you believe that there's a God, you think you're just going to go to hell? Yeah, I believe <laughs> that I believe in it. I'm, I have a very deistic view of God where he created us and that's it. He's washed his hands and he's turned his back and he just kind of left it all up to us dimwats to fix everything. Hmm. That's sad. It's very sad. It's a very hopeless, uh, you know, state of mind. No wonder you're depressed all the time. Who said I'm depressed? Fuck you. <laughs> you did. <laughs> you said you love depression. You love to be depressed. And you love... You I know. That... The one emotion that makes you feel alive is anger. <laughs> that That's my family genes. Talk to my parents about that. <laughs> depression or anger? Both. Both. Really? I didn't know Both. about depression. Oh, yeah. My sister is all about. Uh, oh, yeah. She used to have me come sleep in her room. Like, we were in, like, I was in high school and she would, like, have me sleep in her room because she was so afraid of dying from, like, some internal disease. <laughs> and then she grew up to become a nurse. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like if you wanted to be happy, you would, like, go do something totally the Avoid opposite. That. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty mm. much. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's it's crazy, because I think there are a lot of things that don't make sense in this world, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, I think you just got to be honest, and I'm, I'm, I will say, I'm glad that you're honest with yourself, and that you're not, I, I, sadly, you know, we were talking about all the people that we grew up with that have left the church, I also know a lot of people that we grew up with that are still kind of playing that game. You know what I mean? Like that being, being churchy <laughs> and oh yeah, not really their, their actions don't really back it up. Um, so I'm glad that you're at least honest with where you're at. Have you, have you closed the door on like, do you think anything will ever change your mind or, or what, like, what would, what would it have to take for you to, to embrace Christianity again is it like finding the right Bible verse or hearing it from the right perspective or what yeah that's a great question I am very afraid of death I am and uh, you know and it's funny because I joke about it with my wife I'm like I'm the only person in the world who wants to die alone because then at least it would be freaking quiet <laughs> you know it's like my last moments i just wanted to be quiet nobody screaming nobody crying or yelling just shut up oh, you so know nice. um right and so uh but i am i am supremely afraid of death 
you know, I know if I were one of the lucky ones to have the knowledge of dying, you know, rather than just being taken out by a bullet, you know, then, you know, I'd be very panicky, you know, what's going to happen now? Where am I going to go? Um, you know, and I still feel that, uh, in fact, last night, uh, I have not told you this, but last night I even, uh, you know, prayed, I, I guess I call it praying. I don't know what it is, uh, for the first time in quite a while. Hmm. Um, and it was very much just, it was very much just kind of a help me out here, Hmm. you know, and I don't know. It's just, it's, so what would it take? I don't know. It would, I think death would play a part in it. You know, I think the strongest argument Christianity has going for it, I think the strongest leverage it has is hell. Because no other religion carries that threat. Hmm. Or any threat like it. And, you know, uh, so that, that does play in the back of my head. This is, this you know, is why but, I think you're, you're Jewish. Did you know that Jews believe that you don't have to be a Jew to go to heaven? You have to be a good person. And that hell is reserved for bad people. So there you go. You're Jewish. No, I didn't know that. Oh, so I'm a part of the world's oldest religion. That's kind of exciting. <laughs> so Shalom. Yeah. I feel like there's so many other cultures that have way more fun than we do. Like oh my white gosh. people, Americans are the worst at having fun. Oh, we suck at it. Like, think about a typical church service. What is the most fun you have? Like, what's the most, like, it's standing up. And if you're really wanting to have fun, you're going to put your hands in the air. Like, you're standing up during a song. Like, that, like, that's, like, literally the extent of Christian funness. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one time in, like, second grade, this was at a different church, uh, we had invited this black church to come have church with us. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like the whitest middle-class church you could ever imagine. And so the black choir, where they had the, their robes on and they were doing the shout, 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 shout to the Lord Jesus. <laughs> and I remember just, I was almost in a state of shock, just staring at them. Like, what in the world is this? <laughs> That's amazing. Like part of me was, uh, you know, part of me wanted to laugh, but then another part of me was like, this is really cool. People can do this in church. And then, you know, during the actual sermon, the pastor would be preaching and you'd hear people out in the congregation like, oh yeah, oh, I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, I want to do that. I want to yell in church. So That's pretty amazing. I just wish that we weren't so reserved all the time and like so controlled and had to feel like we had to like put on this pretty face all the time. Yeah, no, it's, can you, but can you imagine if Grace had done that, the church we grew up in, if they had done that, invited, you know, the neighboring black church or even the Hispanics that had uh, late church on Saturday nights. Mm. Can you imagine if like they had like merged for a service? That would have been that, like, crazy that would have been the ultimate yeah that would have been the ultimate 
culture shock for our parents. <laughs> they would probably like, be like, they, hold on to your purses. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. They would happen. be whiter than they already are. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, but yeah, I would, uh, that is hilarious though. The, um, you know, it's funny because even the church has its own diversity issues that nobody speaks about. Hmm. Like, it's shocking to me that there are still black churches and white churches today. Mm. That shocks me. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't have to be a surprise when you see a black person in a white church. I hate that. <laughs> so, I think part of it's geographic, too. But I agree. I think that, of all people, I think Christians should be the ones to embrace diversity the quickest. Because we truly believe that, like, everybody's a soul, you know? And this body is literally just a shell. Um, so it's, it's, it is pretty interesting though, still how, how we still kind of have this like culture problem. Well, and we all, according to the Bible came from the same lineage too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Well, you know, I, I do pray for you. Um, even though I, I know you say you feel like you have peace right now uh, about everything, I I do still believe that, like, there is, I believe that there's something that's going to happen that makes it all make sense for you. I don't know what that looks like, but, because it's, even though you say you have peace and that you were able to kind of renounce your faith, I do still feel like there's got to be still some tension because you do believe that there's a God. And so, like, how yeah. do you reconcile all that, you know, with the way that you live your life and, like, the afterlife and all that, so. I don't know. Time shall tell, I guess. Mm -hmm. See you guys next time. Adios. <laughs>